so dynamic, so magnetic, so effervescent, so full of energy and vitality. Is it Herman? No. Is it Sherman? No. Is it Eddie? Is it Freddie? Oh, no, no, no. Is it Hart? Is it Schaffner? Is it Marx, perhaps? Oh, you'll never, never guess it. Don't snap your cap. It's just Miss Judy Garland. Here's the little gal who's earned a number one priority in your pinup department, both in your barracks wall and in your heart, Judy Garland. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heart strings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. But anyway, that's enough on that episode. We'll go to we'll go to the next one. But uh, um, so so the the second episode is um again this time this time there's uh judy's back on and mm-hmm. I-, I love the way in these episodes they always say oh we're having judy back for another week and make a big deal of it and things but when you look we know they were all done on the same day uh mm-hmm. all three of them the three episodes she's in were done recorded on the exact same day um it was uh you know, six weeks earlier or something than they were aired or a little less than that, maybe a month earlier. Anyway. Um, so they do all three episodes and, uh, this one, the, the focus of the dialogue piece anyway, is on the secretary thing. And maybe Mindy can bring us up to speed on that with the, <laughs> what that's about. Actually, I would love to, because, uh, I, they were, I guess this is a real thing. They did a national poll of, uh, office, workers of who they would most like to transcribe because that was such a big part of secretarial work back then. And uh, then Crosby won because he would have the most pleasing voice to listen to and transcribe. I used to transcribe online. There's still transcriptionist jobs out there. <laughs> um, I did it for years. And when they said that, I just started laughing because I'm like, actually, yeah, that would be perfect because a lot of people aren't trained to talk in a very even speed and so but he is and yeah he would be perfect to translate so somebody to who's do. just very smooth oh yeah because so, yeah. you you can get to a point where you're kind of typing without really thinking about it and you go a lot faster but if you have anybody who talks really fast and then they stop and then they um well um and you sit there and you wait you wait you wait and then they start talking about like oh my gosh it's just annoying he wouldn't do that he would be perfect yes so yes. yeah so Decades later, I, I would vote for Bing Crosby. Well, and I've done that before with the computer dictation where you're talking to the computer and it's typing what you're saying, and then you forget what you want to say, and so you're like, um, well, I, and then mm-hmm. says, oh, well, I, and you're like, no, no, stop, and then it, it won't stop. It keeps going. Right. Like, no, no, I, I mean, no, do this. What are you yeah. doing? Stop it. Right, right. <laughs> and it just keeps typing everything you're saying. Yeah. You're like, oh. The four-letter words start, and you're just like, oh, okay, There's, wait. Whenever I use something like that, I always end up spending more time editing the thing than I would have just to yes. type it from the beginning. So it's hardly worth my time. That's true. Well, and actually, they the software or the website I was on, they were testing out um, that kind of auto dictation software, yeah. and you could take these projects where they were saying, oh, no, it's easy money. No, it ain't, because you got to <laughs> go back through everything. Yeah. And it's just you're constantly moving and changing and versus just straight typing where you're just editing as you go. And it's a lot quicker and cleaning up an auto dictated uh, transcript is really tedious. (laughs) Takes forever. Well, and then, so they take this concept and then uh, Judy uh, 
becomes his plays his secretary, correct? And and they have yeah. a little, little skit about that, which is kind of cute. So I like it is that. cute. She's sassy. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 uh, I can't remember if if she'd done this before or if they brought it from somewhere else, but. I seem to remember it, but I don't a hundred percent. So I, I don't know. This could be fresh or it could be a redo of, of a skit that they did sometime earlier. But Good I point, because I don't remember the transcription as part. They may have done the skit art, but I okay. I think the skit references the, the poll yeah, yeah. that he wins. So I don't know. yeah, I don't think that's yeah, that might be new. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh of the episodes, I think I like the first one the best maybe and then this, yeah. this second one probably second best and then we'll get into the third one uh, anything else you want to say about the second one before you get to the third one or no i think that's fair the hierarchy you just laid out is fair okay. <laughs> it's it's a cute episode but it's not as good as the first yeah today smokers all over the country are changing to chesterfield the first and only cigarette to name all its ingredients chesterfield tells you what it's made of so you'll know what gives you the best possible smoke. Sound off, sound off, sound off for Chesterfield. Much milder with a better taste and no unpleasant aftertaste. Chesterfield's the one to buy. Millions say they satisfy. Sound off for Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfields and do it today. Someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter. Welcome you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins of the Mayors, and Bing's guest, Miss Judy Garland. Gentlemen, word has just been received from National Sales Executives Incorporated that Bing Crosby has been selected as the Super Salesman of the Year. So here he is, putting his foot in the door, S.S. Bing Crosby. <laughs> All right, Ken. Yes, sir, that's me. Well, uh, tell me, uh, what does it take to be a good salesman? Courage, a good strong index finger for doorbells, a convincing sales talk, and chlorophyll. Oh, that's <laughs> Well, I, I still can't figure out why the national sales executives picked you as a super salesman. Oh, I don't see why you should be baffled, Ken. It's because of the super job I'm doing selling Chesterfield. That's true. And what about Minute Maid? Oh, that too. But I always did have a knack for selling, Ken. Did really, you? I did. Even when I had my paper route up in Spokane. Oh, did you have a paper route? I was the top boy in town. Were you? I used to ride my bicycle no hands and really toss those papers. You know, my three best shots were in the bushes, on the roof, and under the porch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I excelled in those. Well, you started out as a salesman pretty young then, I didn't sure you? did. In the first year, I won the Paper Boys Award. Wonderful. Yes, sir. It was a gold bicycle clip engraved with the words, May your bell-bottom pants never get caught in a sprocket. <laughs> you must have been very industrious. I was a regular beaver. Every day after school, I'd hop on my bike and deliver the morning papers. 
Hey, that doesn't sound like very good service. You mean people didn't get their morning papers till afternoon? Well, in Spokane, Ken, nothing ever happened in the morning that couldn't keep till the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of towns like that. Peoria, Illinois, yeah. like, huh? <laughs> Say, Ken, I think I better get along to the opening selection. This is called Am I in Love? It's from Mr. Hope's new picture, The Son of Paleface. <laughs> Am I in love? Am I in love? Am I in love? Well, I really wish I knew. All I know is I want to sigh when you're standing near. I get a Humpty Dumpty feeling. All I know is I want to sigh like I've never sighed before. Never before. Now, when you're in love, they say you can tell you're sick in the heart and you never get well. Maybe they're right. I wish that I knew why I feel the way I do. Am I in love? Am I in love? Am I in love? Am I in love? Well, I leave it up to you. All I know is I want to dance when I look at you. I get a tippy tappy feeling. All I know is I want to dance like I've never danced before. My head's in a whirl, my heart's in a spin. And if I'm in love, I gotta love what I'm in. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but the feeling feels okay. Are you in love? Am I in love? Are you in love? Am I in love? What do you say? Oh, well, I really couldn't say. All I know is I want to sing when you smile at me. I get a la-di-da-di feeling. All I know is I want to sing like I've never sung before. Am I in love? Am I in love? Am I in love? Am I in love? Well, I leave it up to you. Now, friends, to show you why Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke, we've named all our ingredients, and we're the first and only cigarette to do so. These ingredients are what make Chesterfield's much milder with an extraordinarily good taste, and most important, no unpleasant aftertaste. And here they are for every smoker to hear and remember. The right combination of the world's best tobaccos, pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities. And Chesterfields are kept tasty and fresh with tried and tested moistening agents, costly glycerol and pure sugars, which are natural to tobacco, nothing else. These have been proved entirely safe for use in the mouth. And your Chesterfield is wrapped in cigarette paper of the highest purity. Folks, those are the proven ingredients to give you the best possible smoke, so you can see why we're glad to name them. Ask your dealer for Chesterfields today. Guest time now, ladies and gentlemen, and honoring us with their second visit in as many weeks is show business's sensation, one of the most exciting headliners of all time. Here, then, is one of the youngest old-timers in the business, the whole country's best girl, Miss Judy Garland.
Thank you very much. Thank you, Bing. Judy, it's great to have you back with us. What song are you going to tee off with tonight, huh? Oh, what would you like, Bing? Oh, you know the one I'd like. I'm sure everyone here concurs, too. It's a great song for you. <laughs> Rockabye, you baby, with a rockabye. <laughs> Dixie Melody? Yes, sir, with a All rockabye. All right, this is for you. Rockabye, your baby with a Dixie melody. When you croon, croon a tune from the heart of Dixie. Just hang my cradle, mammy mine. Right on that Mason Dixon line and swing it from Virginia to Tennessee with all the love that's in you. Weep no more, my lady, sing that song again. For me, sing all black joy, just as all you had me on your knee. A million baby kisses I'll deliver if you will only sing that Swanee River rockabye. You're rock-a-bye, baby, with a Dixie melody. Oh, weep no more, my lady. Sing that song again for me. Sing all black joy, just a song you A million baby kisses I'll deliver If you will only play that Swanee River Rock-a-bye, you're rock-a-bye, baby Spilling, Judy. Gee, that was a beauty. Thank you. Judy. Say, Bing, I, I have some big news concerning you. Me? What is it? Oh, this is wonderful. I'm afraid it might turn your head. Oh, out with it. What's the news? Well, next week is National Secretaries Week, and the secretaries of the country have selected you as the radio star the secretaries would most like to take dictation from because of your soft, melodious voice and impeccable diction. Uh, uh, what, what was that again, lady? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
broke myself up with that. <laughs> the secretaries have selected you as the ideal boss because of your soft, melodious voice and your impeccable diction. Oh, because of my soft, melodious voice, eh? Well, don't overdo it. Who else? <laughs> Who else did the secretaries vote for in the soft, melodious categories? Tallulah Bankhead came in second. <laughs> Who was third, Andy Devine? <laughs> yes, and a lion from Quo Vadis was fourth. <laughs> Don't you go knocking my award now, Judy, just to show the secretaries of the country that I appreciate their honoring me. Next week, every secretary in the country can take the whole week off. Oh, Bing, well, <laughs> that would be awful. That right. would paralyze industry, throw the whole country into confusion. A little more confusion would hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid so. I think I should do something for the office girls in as much as they were so nice to me, Judy. Oh, Bing, I just had a horrible thought. What's that? I wonder if your secretary voted for you. Well, if she didn't, I'm going to put gum in her backspacer. Everybody thinks you're such a doll, but I bet you're no rose to work for. I'm the essence of sweetness and light and mm. consideration. Mm. Not to mention my soft, melodious voice and my impeccable... <laughs> my impeccable diction. Well, we'll find out. I'll tell you what. I'll play the part of your secretary, Betty Eastman, mm -hmm. and we'll give the folks an idea of what a typical day at your office is like. Okay. All right, then I'll play your secretary. You play the part of Bing Crosby. An actor's dream. <laughs> uh, you, you're going to have to step outside because we're going to start... Early in the morning at your office before you arrive. Oh, all right. You commence, Judy, and I'll join you on cue. All right. Hello? Bing Crosby's office. Star of screen, radio, and fighting desperately to keep out of television. <laughs> What's that? You want to know about the Crosby Foundation? I think he wears scotch tape and a waist cincher. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. I better get the boss's mail ready. He wishes he could sing it that good <laughs> Oh, I think I hear him coming now Good morning, beauty Good morning, beast Well, that's a fine way to start the day What's the matter with you? You know, everyone thinks you're such a doll But you're no rose to work for, believe me Well, the fellow... <laughs> Now, now, temper, temper. Oh, uh, well, you're not the only actor in Hollywood, you know. I've had an offer to go to work for Bob Hope. I don't think you're fast enough. What do you mean, not fast enough? I take 200 words a minute. I mean on your feet. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if he caught me. <laughs> Say, Mr. Crosby, does Mr. Hope have a lot of money? Does he have money? He's loaded. That boy is... He's the heel of fortune. That boy. <laughs> Very funny. Now, let's see. What's first? Do you have any messages for me? Yes. Johnny Ray called and wanted you to sing at his wedding. Why? Why? <laughs> Why would he want me? Well, he's tired of crying over his own voice. <laughs> Very funny. Now, open those big doors and have my brother Everett drive in the truck with my fan mail. <laughs> dreamer. What do you mean, dreamer? Here's your fan mail. One postcard from Australia. Oh, yes. I, I'm still very big down under, you know. Well, don't just sit there. Do something about it. <laughs> well, now, let's get to work here. Now, read me my schedule for today. What do I do? I have it right here. From nine till noon, you have nothing planned. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, then lunch from 12 to 2, mm-hmm. your afternoon nap from 2 to 4. And after your relaxation period, you go home at 4.30. <laughs> Cancel all that. There's too much to squeeze in on a busy day. <laughs> now, get your pencil, please. I want to dictate. Okay, you dictator. Never mind. <laughs> Hello? Bing Crosby's office, star of screen, radio, and very big down under. <laughs> oh, hello, Charlie. What, Charlie? I better hang up now, Charlie. The sniper's here. Bye, Charlie. Now, will you please take this letter? Well, if you insist. Well, for your information, the National Secretary's Council voted me the man they'd most like to take dictation from. I voted for Tallulah. <laughs> well, you can think about that while you're picking the gum out of your backspace. <laughs> Now, come on, please, take this letter. Okay, shoot. Smith and Smith. Smith and who? Smith. I have Smith. What was the last name? Smith. I thought that was the first name. It's Smith and Smith. Oh, two Smiths. Yes. Hmm? All right, got it now. Read it back to me. Don't be so suspicious. (laughs) Now, let's see. Oh, yes. Smith and Smythe. Smith and Smythe. (laughs) Sounds more classy. Just put down Smith and Smith. Oh, all right. Smith and Smith. Uh, Gentlemen. I used to go with a fellow named Smith. Believe me, he was no gentleman. Don't tell me your troubles. Uh, he, he was no trouble. He was just no gentleman. <laughs> Will you please take this letter? Let's not forget our soft, melodious voice, <laughs> shall we? Very well. Smith and Smith, gentlemen. Sorry, 12 o'clock. Lunch? <laughs> just a minute now. No lunch till we sing a song. I must vocalize, you know. What do you say we blend on that old favorite for me and my gal? Okay, boss. Who starts You it? start with a ding-dong, and I'll be along shortly. <laughs> Here we go. Ding-dong, ding-dong. Do you hear the bells go ding-dong? Do you know? Do you know why they're ringing? I know, I don't know why the ring Well, you're gonna get a big surprise Cause I'm gonna put you wise The bells are ringing for me and my gal The birds are singing for me and my gal Everybody's been knowing To a wedding they're going for weeks they've been sewing Every Susie and Sal They're congregating For me and my gal The parson's waiting For me and my gal And sometime we're gonna build A little home for two Or three or four or more In love The bells are ringing, ringing for me and my gal. The birds are singing for me and my gal. Everybody's been knowing to a wedding they're going. And for weeks they've been sowing. They've been sowing something old and something new, so something that is blue, so they can make a trousseau for my gal. They're congregating for me and my gal. Look here now, that's the parson waiting for me and my gal. 
And sometime we're going to build a little home for two. Or three. Or four. Or five. Or maybe more. <laughs> Love land for me and my guy. <laughs> Judy, while we're rolling here, let's give the folks a little touch of springtime with April in Paris. Ooh, but this is May. Ah, uh, May is even better in Paris. It gets a little hot in June. You play your cards right, it can be a little hot in December, too. <laughs> <laughs> you must know someone with a fireplace. I usually bring my own wood. <laughs> Shall we then, Judy? All right. Well, let's slip into it, just like we were cute. <laughs> April in Paris Chestnuts in blossom Holiday tables Under the trees April in Paris This is a feeling No one can ever Never knew the charm of spring Never met it face to face I never knew my heart could sing Never missed a warm embrace Till April in Paris Whom shall I run to? What have you done to my heart? Well, I'd like to be there right now. Wouldn't that be nice sitting at one of those sidewalk cafes watching people from all over the world strolling down the boulevard as I sit there sipping on Lee Coca-Cola, <laughs> says here, without a disturbing thought in my mind, without a worry in the world. Say, Bing, I sure be happy when I gets back home. You will, ma'am? Yeah, I was, I'm longing for Caroline in the morning. You mean you're going to sing Caroline in the morning? Sure enough. Look at be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. No one could be sweeter than my sweetie when I meet her in the morning. Where the morning glory Oh, 
butterflies all flutter up and kiss each little buttercup at dawn. If I had Aladdin's lamp for only a day, I'd make a wish and here's what I'd say. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. Strolling with my girly weather, dew is early in the morning. Butterflies all flutter up and kiss each little buttercup at dawn. get out of a cigarette just as much as the manufacturer puts into it. You get out of a Chesterfield a smoke that's much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste and no unpleasant aftertaste. That's because we put into Chesterfields only the ingredients that give you the best possible smoke. The world's best tobaccos, kept tasty and fresh by pure, costly moistening agents, a little sugar and some glycerol, and cigarette paper of the highest purity. These are the ingredients that give you the best possible smoke. Research backs that up. And Chesterfield Research Laboratories are the newest and the best in the business. And Bing, let's remind them that Chesterfields are made in the newest and most modern cigarette factories. Yes, sir, folks. You just figure it out for yourself. Now, the best ingredients backed up by the best manufacturer and the best research. That's what's in a Chesterfield for you. That's why every one of you should change to Chesterfield today. Say, Bing, I've been listening to you and Ken make the pitch. It makes a lot of sense, don't you think? Yes, and I just dashed off a little musical summary of it. Anyone care to join me? Oh, we'll all be delighted. Lead the way, Miss Judith. What's in the Chesterfield for you? Just listen, folks, and follow our cue. The best tobaccos money can buy, kept tasty and fresh, so they satisfy. The best tobaccos wrapped just right in cigarette paper, so pure and white. Our factories are the newest and best. Our research labs top all the rest. Just add it all up, and when you do, you'll sound off for Chesterfield's do. Sound off for Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfields and do it. Today!
I'll walk alone Cause to tell you the truth I'll be lonely I don't mind being lonely When my heart tells me are lonely too I'll walk alone They'll ask me why And I'll tell them I'd rather There are dreams I must gather Dreams we fashion the night You held me I'll always be near you Wherever you are Each night in every prayer If you call, I'll hear you No matter how far Just close your eyes And I'll be there Walk alone and send your love and your kisses to guide me till you're walking beside me. I'll walk Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And now my thanks to Miss Judy Garland for again joining our jolly little group here this evening. We're glad to be here, Bing. Who's your candidate next week? Well, Judy, we've had a terrific write-in vote, and it looks like you're elected for next week, too. Oh, well, tell me more about the voting. Well, some were crazy for Kefauver, others were tantalized by Taft, a great many liked Ike, but they all loved Judy. Yeah, <laughs> she's a pretty good kid. <laughs> Obviously. We'll see you next week then, Judy. Meanwhile, friends, remember, Chesterfield names all its ingredients, so you'll know what makes Chesterfield much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste and, most important, no unpleasant aftertaste. The authority for that is a well-known research organization, so sound off for Chesterfield, friends. Ask your dealer for Chesterfields today. show presented by Chesterfield was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in next week and dear Bing and his guest, Miss Judy Garland. Miss Garland is currently appearing at the Curran Theater in San Francisco. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. 
and here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the tuneful Sigmund Romberg musical, My Maryland, starring Gordon McRae and his guest star from the Metropolitan Opera, Dorothy Kirsten. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and the music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight, another famous play with music is brought to you by the American Railroads, the same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. Thank you, Marvin Miller, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Perhaps you think of Barbara Fritchie as a gray-haired old lady. But the one Clyde Fitch wrote about in his famous play, which Sigmund Romberg made into his glowing musical was a young, lovely girl. And to play the part of Barbara, we have the young, lovely Dorothy Kirsten. As we bring you My Maryland. Listen. Those are the drums of my regiment, the Connecticut 74th, marching along the streets of Fredericktown. Connecticut boys came out in 61 and took a gun, each one. If we are a thousand strong or only ten, we'll fight them all the harder then. And when at the end we'll say he's father's son, the war is done and won. The men from the north will be servant, Mr. Fritchie. That's hardly a statement of fact, Captain. As long as your troops occupy our fair city of Frederick, we must consider ourselves your servants, distasteful though it is to us. War is always distasteful, sir, to victor as well as vanquished. Perhaps our roles will be reversed before the year of 1863 is over. 
Meanwhile, Captain, I'll be grateful to you if you'll ask your men not to trample the flower beds which we have planted at considerable trouble and expense around this house. As you wish, sir. Men, you have heard Mr. Fritchie's request. I command you to respect his wishes. I thank you, Captain. You may be my enemy, but you are a gentleman. Good day to you, sir. Harmony, dismissed! Where are you going now, Captain? Well, Perkins, I'm about to disobey my own orders. What? I'm going straight through those flower beds to call on Mr. Fritchie's daughter. Barbara? Will? Will Trumbull, you shouldn't have come here. Why not? In broad daylight? What if my father sees you? I think I'm making friends with your father. He'd never forgive me for smiling at a northern officer. Oh, Barbara, I'll never be happy with smiles and kisses. You know that. This is what I really want. Someday, Barbara. 
And then your family and mine can learn to be friends. How many years, Will? I don't know. But I don't intend to wait. Barbara, I know a minister in Hagerstown. He'll marry us tonight. Oh. If you'll come with me. Tonight? We love each other. That's the important thing. I don't know. Oh, Will. I don't know. Barbara! Oh, it's my father. I'll meet you here at moonrise. Go. Hurry. Till moonrise, my sweet. Goodbye. Oh, hello, Father. Barbara, I thought I heard you talking to someone out here. <laughs> no, Father. Oh, maybe you heard me calling to my girlfriend. Sue! Sue Negley! What is it, Barbara? Lucy! Jane! What are you calling them for? Why, uh, why, they promised to help me make some strawberry jam. We'd love to, Barbara! The jam! <laughs> On a lovely summer morning, I believe the heaven of fair is blue. We have all been out and starting down among the strawberries in the dew. Pick the good from bad, then you add a sugar white. On a lovely summer morning, don't you know the sensible thing to do is to gather them at dawning just before they go on the stove to stew. There is a secret known to Strawberry jam You pick in spice To make it nice A real and jam You'll find the Davy cookie The way to a man's heart But never mind the way of it If you feed them strawberry tarts When you have a Sunday supper With good Virginia ham Then finish with hot gingerbread And delicious strawberry jam if you have a bashful suitor who only visits his hand, he'll cry, oh, won't you marry me when he tastes your strawberry jam? I know something about you, Barbara Fritchie. What? What do you know? You don't need any strawberry jam to get you a suitor. I hear you've got one. Why... I don't know what you're talking about, Sue Negley. Don't play so innocent, Barbara, honey. Why, everybody in Frederick knows you're carrying on with that captain from Connecticut. What if I am? And it's none of your business. I think it's just terrible. It's worse than terrible. Oh, Father. It would be treason if it were true. However, I assure you that my daughter is not interested in any officer in a blue uniform, gentleman though he may be. For I would not shelter a traitor under my roof. Will? Will? Here I am, Barbara, in the shadow of the summer house. Oh, Will. Barbara. I'm sorry I'm so late. Father's been stamping about the house all evening, listening for gunfire and getting his rifle ready... There's a rumor that Stonewall Jackson is on the march with 10,000 men to retake Frederick. It's true. He's already in Hagerstown. Then we can't be married tonight. I've got to leave with my regiment at once. No. There'll be fighting in the streets at dawn. Oh, Will, be careful. It's rather difficult for a man to be careful in wartime. But don't worry, my darling. I'll come back to my wife. But I'm not your wife. Not yet. Give me your hand. What's that? My mother's wedding ring. It's yours now, Barbara. And every time you feel it on your finger, you'll you'll know that we are married. In the sight of the Lord. Will, I can't stand it to be apart. 
I won't be far away from you ever. And darling, there's one thing we always have together. No matter how many miles there are between us. The same silver moon Shining down through the trees We've the same night in June We've the same Listen, my regiment is for me. Goodbye, Barbara. Will, darling. Don't follow me with your eyes. Look up. The man on the moon will watch over both of us. Turn for the second act of My Maryland in just a moment. Did you ever stop to think that you live at the very center of the United States? Who, me? No, I don't. I live right here in California. Yes, but no matter where you live, you are, in effect, at the hub of a wheel whose spokes reach into every corner of the country, providing you with the products of the rich resources of a whole continent. The name of that wheel is Transportation. And its spokes are highways, waterways, airways, pipelines, and, most important of all, railroads. Without adequate transportation, our whole way of living would grind toward a standstill. Well, I didn't realize what a big stake I have in good transportation. It's mighty important to you, all right. For example, you're interested in having adequate roads and streets, and that means protecting the ones we have as well as improving them. Because you use the roads and streets every day, and your taxes help pay for them. Well, but I don't pay any taxes to keep up railroad tracks, do I? No, ma'am. Not a penny of your taxes goes to maintain or improve railroad roadways. The one and a half billion dollars that railroads spend every year on that job come out of their own pockets. I'd never thought about it that way before. But then I don't ship any freight, and I don't ride the trains every day either, as I do my automobile. No, but you're using the railroads every day just the same. Every time you go to the store to buy something, you make use of railroad transportation. For the railroads are the base of our whole structure of transportation. 
Indeed, no other form of transportation, nor all other forms combined, could do the big job that only the railroads can do. The job of providing the efficient, low-cost mass transportation upon which all our agriculture and industry are based. Here is Act Two of the Lawrence and Lee version of My Marilyn, starring Gordon McRae as Captain Will Trumbull and Dorothy Kirsten as Barbara Fritchie. and ran to join my regiment. It was a night of waiting, listening, fearing. For we knew that General Stonewall Jackson's army was advancing toward us, and the fighting would come in a matter of hours or perhaps minutes or even seconds. I went from campfire to campfire trying to cheer my men. But I could see in each face the longing I felt in my own heart for my Barbara. I wish they'd attack and have done with it, don't you, Captain? Oh, this is no kind of a war, Perkins. Battles should be fought on battlefields, not on front lawns and flower beds. I wonder, Captain. Do you think I'll ever see my sweetheart again? Oh, why, of course you will, Perkins. A day will come when the gunfire is silenced and there'll be nothing but laughter and sunshine in the air. I will pack away our uniforms in an attic trunk, put on our Sunday best, and go strolling again with our wives or sweethearts. Cheer up, men. On the soft southern night, when each bird is fast asleep upon its nest, it is my fond delight to go strolling with the one I love the best. Beneath the blossoms of magnolia, the rosy sun slowly setting in the west. Then how sweetly I'll greet And go strolling with the one I love the best Then how sweetly I'll greet And go strolling with the one I love the best She is everything that's charming She is such a smile disarming She is prettier by far than all the rest The rest then how sweet will be our greeting When we have a tender meeting We'll go strolling with the one we love the best Every lady here has a cavalier Who is gallant and polite and young To his arms she'll cling While they softly sing Just the sweetest tune that can be sung with the sweet charms and wise Much prettier by far than all the rest The rest Then how sweetly I'll greet And go strolling with the one I love the best Beneath the blossoms of magnolia The rosy sun slowly setting in the west In the soft southern night When each bird is past his father on his nest it is my fond delight to go strolling with the one I love the best. Here they come, men. You see a tank. 
Hold your ground. Isn't there any news, Father? Do you hear the sound of the guns, Barbara? They're coming closer. Yes, and that means our brave boys are advancing. They'll drive the blue coats out of Fredericktown. By this time tomorrow, Stonewall Jackson will be riding victorious through the streets. Father! I'm going to stand guard at the door. You stay here. And I may never see my... my husband again. Barbara, I'm so worried. They say the losses have been terrible. I know, Sue. All we can do is pray. Pray that our loved ones will come home safely. Will they fight all night? Father says they will. And tomorrow, too. Oh, Barbara. It's all so mixed up. You're praying for a man in blue. And I'm praying for a boy in gray. Oh, Sue. The same love and the same stars are shining down on your soldier and, and mine. find shelter in this house. Father, it might be... Will! He's badly hurt, ma'am. Dear Lord, Will, Will, darling... May I bring him in? Yes. Take him to my room at the top of the stairs. I'll take care of him. I forbid it. Pay no attention to my father. Do as I say. Bless you, ma'am. Bless you. This is my house. I'll not give comfort to my country's enemy. Your country is his country. We are at war. Is there no pity in you? You are not my daughter if you give him shelter. And you are not my father if you turn away my husband. Barbara. Yes. He needs me. I must go to him. What's that music? What's that music? Lie back, Will. Rest. Why, it's Dixie. It's General Jackson's troops. We've lost. They've taken the town. Retake, 
I must be dreaming. I see the stars and the stripes flying from the window. You're not dreaming, Will. I heard it there. They'll, they'll shoot it down. They tried, but General Jackson ordered them to let the flag fly. I don't believe it. Look at it, darling. See it toss in the breeze. Why, why then everything isn't lost, Bob. You'll grow strong again, Will. And the country will be strong again, too. One country, one flag. And victory for all of us. All day long, through Frederick Street, sounded the tread of marching feet. All day long, that free flag tossed over the heads. Ever its torn folds rose and fell on the loyal winds that loved it well. And ever the stars above looked down on thy stars below in Fredericktown. Kirsten will be back in just a moment. And our thanks to Raymond Burr, Virginia Gregg, John Shea, and all the members of our staff. And the whole season's thanks to our great arranging staff, Mr. Warren Barker, Mr. Will Bytel, Mr. Carl Brandt, and John Capers. My Marilyn, based on a play by Clyde Fitch, with book and lyrics by Dorothy Donnelly, and music by Sigmund Romberg, was dramatized for the Railroad Hour by Lawrence and Lee. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at the same time by the American Railroads. Marvin? When you think of highways, you're apt to think first of the roads and streets you use every day. Yes, they're important to you because you depend on them for much of your personal transportation. But there is another kind of highway that plays a truly essential part in your life, the steel highways of America's railroads. They are the very backbone of transportation in this country. And without them, you could not live as you do. For the mass production and mass distribution which makes your way of life possible depends on the efficient, low-cost mass transportation only the railroads can provide. Thank you, Marvin. Now, here again, ladies and gentlemen, is lovely Dorothy Kirsten. Dorothy, there was never a more glamorous Barbara Fritchie. Oh, it was exciting, Gordon. Look here, sir. I got three bullet holes in my script. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, it was certainly a thrill to have you with us, Dorothy, to sing the opera that was really Sigmund Romberg's own favorite. What happens next week, Gordon? The world premiere of a new musical play, Dorothy, The Minstrel Boy, based on the life of the great Irish maker of songs... Tom Moore. Then you'll be singing Believe Me If All Those Endearing Young Charms. Mm-hmm. And a half a dozen more great Irish songs. Dorothy Warrenshaw will be here to look and sound as pretty as a Colleen from Kilkenny. 
I hope you'll be doing a lot of these new musical plays. I enjoyed them so much last summer. Well, the summer show train will be loaded with them, Dorothy. Our railroad, our playwrights, Lawrence and Lee, are creating a sparkling summer full of new stories to the music of Carmen Dragon's Orchestra and Norman Lubos Wonderful Choir. I'll be listening, Gordon. Night. Good night, Dorothy. All aboard. Well, dear friends, it looks as though we're ready to pull out, and so until next week, and the minstrel boy, this is Gordon McRae saying goodbye. <laughs> Maryland has been presented by special arrangement with the Century Library Incorporated. Gordon McRae will soon be seen starring in Warner Brothers' About Face. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff and our music prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for the American Railroads. Now keep tuned to your Monday night of music on NBC. Tonight, it's the voice of Firestone on NBC.